welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So on this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature my recent conversation with Pranav Dalmia. Pranav is a recent graduate in our full-time MBA class of 2021, and he's also the founder of the Business Ethics Club at Darden. We recently connected with Pranav via Zoom to talk a little bit more about his background, his decision to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, why he decided to start the Business Ethics Club at Darden, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Pranav Dalmia. Pranav, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Brett. It's great to be here. Great to speak with you and uh, to some of our prospective Darden students. Absolutely. Well, it's great. Great to have you here. Excited to hear more about what's going on with you and you know, how, how things are going in your world. But first and foremost, just want to check in. How is everything? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a sort of bittersweet time, I would say. On the one hand, uh, we've recently had our graduation, which feels great and, it's a, you know, fills me with a sense of accomplishment um, to have graduated from such a wonderful school. Um, on the other hand, over the last several weeks, I've also been saying goodbye to a lot of my close friends um and uh, you know every other evening there's there's a get together uh to bid someone farewell and uh and and yeah i mean so that uh you know uh, having spent a couple of years and gone through so much together um yeah i do feel sad to say goodbye for the time being but um at the same time i know everyone's going to be back for a reunion after a year so i look forward to seeing everyone then that's right. Darden has a one-year reunion. It sounds like you'll be there. Oh, I'll, I'll definitely be here. Yeah. So where are you heading? Uh, where's your destination uh, now that you've graduated? Yeah, I mean, so interestingly, I'm one of those sort of oddballs who's, who are actually going to be hanging around Charlottesville for a bit. Um, I'm going to be working on some research with UBA faculty. My own sort of plans, in fact, are to apply for PhD programs at business schools uh, in the fall. And uh, I'm going to be spending the interim period working with uh, some Darden faculty and uh, with faculty at uh, the university outside of Darden as well. Well, that's exciting. Uh, How did you decide that you wanted to pursue an academic path? Yeah, I guess I've always been sort of passionate about uh, academia. Um, I, w- I would say those two sort of dominant influences in my life have uh, been business and academia. Um, and uh, again, probably has a lot to do with with my family. Um, but uh, but but yeah. So I've I've you know I've uh, this was my second master's degree. I had a master's degree in philosophy before this. Um, now the MBA. You know, clearly can't get enough of uh, of learning. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I've also had a lot of uh, uh, sort of business in my environment as I've grown up. I, I come from a sort of large business family in India. Uh, my father's been an entrepreneur through his life, uh, and I worked over five years uh, in a business. And I decided that sort of combining these two uh, dominant strains of influence in my life. Uh, was uh, the right path forward for me. And uh, so that's, that's going to take the form of a PhD at a business school. Well, you mentioned a master's in philosophy. Um, did you contemplate pursuing that before you said, I want to go to an MBA in terms of, did you think about moving into, say, 
teaching at a graduate level or teaching at a collegiate level in the philosophy department? So I'm, I'm really excited about philosophy and I've had a passion for it. Uh, it the, I, you know, it was, if you'd asked me before I got into university, whether I ever thought that I'd be doing a master's degree in philosophy, um, you know, I, 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 would have, I may have thought that you were out of your mind, but, um, but as, 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 as I studied it during my undergraduate at the University of Delhi, um, I got so sort of, uh, um, pulled into it and drawn to the subject uh, that I just had to do a master's program. I, I went to London um, and I did a master's program over there. Um, but then as I sort of started working um, after that, I started seeing the sort of uh, uh, draw of um, having more of an influence on um the sort of practical world as well. And I thought a lot of philosophy was uh, very abstract. Um, so while, while I did enjoy that kind, of, um, um, that kind of thing, I was trying to find a way to sort of uh, link that back to uh, the practical world as well. And which is why now the sort of area within business that I'm interested in getting into is business ethics. Um, and again, which sort of lies at the intersection of philosophy and business. Let's talk about your MBA path a little bit more. How did you get interested in Darden? Lots of business schools in the world. What stood out to you about Darden? Yeah, so there were, there were a couple of things. I mean, to be honest, uh, uh, even at the, I, 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 I'm always very selective in terms of uh, um, the sort of options I lay out for myself. And, and even when I applied to business schools, I only applied to three schools and Darden was sort of a very attractive option for me um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, I think on the one hand, I was quite attracted to the idea of studying um, in the sort of case-based um, learning method. Um, I think business is a discipline that lies at the sort of interface of theory and practice. Um, I think getting too theoretical about it is, uh, I, I, I think that's not the right way to, to treat the discipline and, and, and Darden sort of, um, you know, case-based learning method is something that appealed to me greatly. I mean, I think, um, I think some of the dialogues that I've had in class with uh, with with my classmates trying to break down real world challenges that businesses have faced um, have 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 been part of uh, you know what's been so great about the the learning experience at Darden and uh, furthermore you know I think I was already sort of starting starting to get interested in business ethics even before I came to Darden um, and business ethics I mean Darden is well without a shade of a doubt the sort of home of uh, business ethics um, and so. That really excited me as well. Well, you, you decided to come to Darden. Darden has a required core curriculum. Certainly business ethics is represented in that core curriculum, but you also knew that you were gonna take courses like accounting and finance and global economics, decision analysis, the list goes on. Um, what was, were there any adjustments for you as a first year student here at Darden? Yeah, you know, I mean, having sort of uh, been fortunate to have worked in uh, an enterprise that was owned by my own family uh, before coming to Darton, I actually had the opportunity to work 
in a number of different functions uh, before actually coming to business school. So I felt like in a lot of ways, I'd had exposure to a lot of um, different aspects of business. So when I came to Darden and, you know, um, was in class doing finance 101, marketing, accounting, operations, and so on, um, I did not feel like the material was entirely alien to me. Um, And so the content of the classes was fairly accessible to me, uh, I felt. What was the what, what, what was an adjustment was the sort of way the classes are conducted and um, the sort of heavy emphasis that there is in the classroom um, to, uh, on the amount that you participate and you talk in class. And uh, that's something that I feel that most internationals need to adjust to. And I was no exception to that. Um, and given that, you know, 40% of your class grade comes from the amount you talk in class. Um, it's something you need to sort of adjust to pretty quickly. And I think my my sort of grades from the first couple of quarters compared to the rest of my time at Darden certainly reflect the sort of selective nature of my contributions uh, right in the beginning. Um, so that's that. So I would say that's one adjustment. Another adjustment I would say is. Um, Darden's sort of has this concept of a learning team, which is basically um, a study group that you have with uh, five or six of your classmates, which meets every evening for a couple of hours to sort of discuss um, the the cases for the following day. Um, and, uh, and, and so being able to sort of allocate those couple of hours every day in addition to classes and then prepping for those meetings um, is you know, you need to learn how to manage your time. Uh, But at the same time, you also need to learn how to be able to trust your learning teammates, um, you know, um, how how much you can take from them rather than, you know, having doing it yourself and like learning that sort of, uh, um, you know, mutual um, sort of trust and uh, collaborating together as a group. Um, That's another sort of, yeah, adjustment that, that, that you have to make. So you mentioned contribution in class. I think that's an adjustment for all students having to show up prepared, ready to participate, even for folks who've learned here in the U.S. It's likely that you know most of their collegiate experience was more lecture-based, although they may have had some discussion-based classes, but case method, graduate level, case method classes, uh, certainly, uh, certainly a learning curve, but it sounds like you got more comfortable with class contribution over the course of that first year. Is, am, I, am I hearing you correctly, Pranav? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, you know, you learn from your classmates um, and, and you see, I think coming in, sometimes one uh, has the idea in one's head that you should only talk when you have something very insightful to contribute. Um, but then you sort of learn along the way that that's not necessarily how it needs to be. Um, even if you're sort of able to move the discussion forward incrementally, um, and then maybe somebody else picks up uh, from where you left off, that in itself is also something that's uh, valuable to the class. Um, and you sort of learn how to how to do that. And uh, and 
Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a useful skill to have even as uh, as as you move out of business school and into into the world, um, you know, to make your presence felt, um, to you know have a voice that you're not afraid to articulate, um, and uh, it's uh, I think it's very very useful um, in the workplace as well. Absolutely, I'm going to ask you a question about your career goals here because hearing that you want to move into academia and that's part of your plan to pursue PhD programs. Was that something you knew in your first year? Were you aware of that? Uh, we've talked a bunch here on the podcast with students about the importance of running your own race and, you know, people's, you know, career searches are their own and that it can kind of be one of the hard things about the first year is everybody's kind of on a different path. You've got consulting, you got consulting searches, you got financial services searches, you got big tech, you got people who are doing different things. There's all different timings. It can be stressful for folks. Um, was that something that, that, that you thought about or you had to adjust to as, as maybe you were on a, on a different path than everybody else? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I firmly sort of believe that, you know, when coming into an MBA at a school like Darden or any top school for that matter, um, you need to find the balance between sort of knowing yourself, um, but then at the same time being open to, um, you know, new opportunities that might present themselves. Um, so I would say that I sort of came in with uh, perhaps two or three sort of possible uh, paths in my mind. Um, one of the things I was thinking about was possibly working with an organization like the World Bank. Um, and as I sort of went through, uh, you know, the first year and I explored the two or three options uh, that I had considered, I, I found that, you know, my sort of inclinations and my talents and um, the impact that I wanted to create and so on was sort of best aligned with uh, the business, with business academia. Um, but at the same time, um, again, so I, I think, uh, uh, you know, I think it's easy to get pulled into that, you know, there are a lot of shiny objects around that, uh, that, that attract your attention. Um, explore them if, if you think they might interest you, uh, but uh, don't go down a path just because other people are doing that. Good advice. It's advice that's come up again and again here on the podcast from current students talking about the career search and again the importance of running your own race. And I thought you made a made a really good point about being focused but also being open, finding that finding that balance. So, what did you do in the summer after after your first year? Yeah. So, I mean, by then I had sort of uh, decided that you know I was keen on um, sort of going down the business academia route. So I'd spent a couple of, um, well, a little more than a couple of months, maybe 10 weeks or so, uh, working with Darden's uh, ethics faculty. Um, so Ed Freeman, who's a, a big name in the field, um, it was, you know, my pleasure to have uh, sort of spent a little bit of time with him, um, you know, bouncing ideas and just trying to absorb as much as I could. Um, I, I worked probably more closely with, uh, with Bobby Parmar, who uh, is is just so great, um, and uh, he's uh, you know he's 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 been a mentor to me in many ways. Um, and uh, I worked on two or three projects with him, 
Um, he sort of works both in the business ethics and in the sort of uh, leadership and organizational behaviors um, space. And I uh, worked on two or three projects with him. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that sort of, I would say was, was a great sort of, uh, you know, taster uh, of uh, what life doing research could be like. Um, and uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You want to share a little bit about some of the research that you did or some of the things that you were working on specifically? Anything that you think would be of interest to our listeners here? Uh, um, well, uh, so one of the projects that I was working with uh, Bobby on was, um, you know, the sort of, uh, and this was especially relevant given the fact that we'd sort of migrated to this uh, virtual environment at the time, Bobby was uh, sort of trying to study um, the different sort of patterns of group communication in a virtual environment that lead to successful team outcomes uh, versus uh, unsuccessful ones. So he uh, was studying um, the sort of virtual competition that had taken place um, and, uh, and, and, you know, there were certain uh, goals that teams had to achieve um, and he had access to uh, the sort of communication between the teams. And we were trying to find patterns of what leads to successful group outcomes. Um, and this, I mean, he had begun this before, uh, you know, before COVID-19 and before all of that, but then it became super relevant um, uh, given everything that happened. Um, I, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, uh, on on the ethics front, uh, I, I worked on a, um, on an article with Ed, uh, which I was also really excited about because it was quite uh, sort of philosophical and uh, aligned well with my own um, passion for philosophy. Um, and it was essentially about how um, sort of, we were drawing some implications from various sort of theories about what the human mind is for the way that we interact on social media. Um, so we, we were, you know, sort of thinking, thinking a little bit about um, what social media means for how we think about the mind and how we ought to sort of treat each other on social media um, in accordance with those different theories of the mind. So is it fair to say that your experience in this you know, summer after your first year working closely with this group of faculty it only further confirmed your interest in pursuing an academic route? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, uh, I think, again, I feel lucky that I was, uh, I, I was here at Darden and I'm, I'm glad that I made that choice um, because the sort of ethos and ideology that the, that the uh, school promotes is one that I really identify with. Um, and, uh, you know, having the opportunity to work with, with Ed and Bobby, um, uh, you know, I, I hope I can work with them even more in the future. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to doing that. Well, one of the stories that we track here on the podcast is that the second year, oftentimes, in addition to being a year in which students take electives, it's also a time in which students are playing a really active role in the extracurricular life of the school, leading student organizations, 
uh, really kind of having an impact outside of the classroom as well. Uh, you are involved with the Business Ethics Club. Again, wanted to have you on the podcast to talk a little bit more about this club, this organization. Tell us a little bit more about the Business Ethics Club. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I love talking about um, the Business Ethics Club. So um, Business Ethics at Darden or BED is, uh, is a club that I sort of founded at the end of uh, my first year. Um, and it's a club that's sort of <clears throat> dedicating to promoting awareness and discussion um, at the intersection of business and ethics. Um, I felt that given, you know, give, given the school sort of uh, um, ideology of uh, the important role that ethics plays in business, um, I, I thought it would be great to have a student organization that sort of complements that. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have uh, sort of eight brilliant and like-minded uh, classmates of mine who decided to join me in the uh, endeavor and took on leadership responsibilities. Um, and together we sort of uh, formed the club and uh, we got off to a great start. We had uh, sort of 130 members sign up uh, for, for the club. Um, you know, there were challenges operating um, in a virtual environment for the first year of the club, um, but we managed to execute a lot of activities, um, uh, events involving faculties, involving only students, um, and we try to do some fun stuff as well, um, you know, have some sort of informal social gatherings for our club members. Um, and uh, yeah, we really got but I, I feel like we managed to get a solid start in. Um, we've now handed the reins over to the next uh, team. So bed is something that I'm, uh, you know, very passionate about. Um, and but even outside of a, a bed, I would say uh, the clubs at Darden are something um, that you know one should really take advantage of. Um, one that I really enjoyed, uh, sort of being a part of, was uh, Darden's Core Call Chorus. Um, and uh, which is Darden's a cappella group, um, and uh, you know, um, uh, preparing sort of uh, um, to sing my uh, part in um, you know the cold call choruses, various events, various recordings, um, and just interacting with the group is something that I enjoyed thoroughly. Well, that's cool. Have you been involved with a cappella groups before? Or was this something new for you? You know, it was uh, it, it was new in a sense because I, I have been involved with music. Um, I'm sort of a trained classical pianist, um, and I started playing piano when I was really young, when I was ten years old. Um, and I sort of picked up a little bit of guitar along the way as well. Um, always been, you know, a prolific bathroom singer. Um, so, uh, um, I, I, I've been involved with music in one way or another, but I've never really been part of an acapella group. Um, and, and, and that was a lot of fun because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's at its core, a group activity and, and, um, and, and it's funny because, uh, if you, in an acapella group, if you sing just one, uh, sort of um, part right so I was in the in the bass section um, if you sing just that it really doesn't sound all that great 
Um, but it's when everything comes together that you're that 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 you know you really feel the power of the music, um, and uh, that was a great experience for me. I want to talk a little bit more about the business ethics at Darden Club or Bed. I did not know that was the uh, acronym for it. But um, what did you do this past year? Any any programming or events that you'd like to highlight for listeners who are intrigued about this club? Yeah, so I, I generally like to sort of divide uh, the activities of the club into um, three different kinds. Um, so there are the sort of faculty-led events, um, there are the student-led events, and then there are sort of uh, informal social gatherings. Um, and I think um, if you know, if we talk about the sort of faculty-led events, there was we we kicked off uh, the club with this amazing discussion um, between two of our faculty members on the nature of human self-interest. Um, and there's this sort of, again, idea that, uh, that you know, that's, that's dominant in, in particularly in economics that, uh, that humans are essentially self-interested creatures, um, which is um, an, an idea that I personally don't find so appealing and most sort of ethicists don't. Um, and uh, so, so two of our star faculty, Bobby um, and Laleen, uh, kicked off the club with uh, a discussion around that topic. And uh, it drew a lot of sort of uh, attention from the student community, um, you know, who um, might be getting exposed to some of this discussion for the, for the first time. Um, and uh, so, so, so that was great. Um, we had a number of other faculty uh, events as well. Um, you know, perhaps even more than that, I really liked uh, some of our student-led events. Um, we had, you know, uh, earlier this year, there was, uh, you know, a lot of talk about, uh, um, um, you know, uh, about GameStop. Um, and, uh, and it had become this whole thing about how you know, uh, a Reddit community had sort of uh, driven up the the stock price of, of of GameStop to ridiculous levels, and um, and and uh, uh, and then the, you know the platform uh, Robinhood was in the news as well for the actions that they were taking to uh, you know while all this was going on. So what we decided to do as a club was have uh, some of our sort of student subject matter experts um, on the topic uh, get together as a panel um, and explain what was going on and also discuss some of the ethical implications of uh, for, for each uh, sort of uh, stakeholder in that scenario. And again, that was, that was great through a lot of um, uh, attention. And I, I was excited about it because um, it was entirely student led. And I, and I feel like this, the, like, a similar discussion if it were led by faculty, um, it may not have gotten as much engagement. And I really felt like, you know, that this was sort of validation that the club was act actually adding value. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and social events, uh, you know, were great fun as well. Just getting to hang out over a beer or a glass of wine with, uh, with interesting, um, interesting individuals and, talking a little bit of ethics, but also just getting to know, um, you know, uh, like-minded folks in the Darden community. That was great as well. 
ask a very obvious question, but it's been something that's been on my mind ever since you said you had a master's in philosophy. Is it helpful to you to have that background as you approach these business ethics questions, to kind of be aware of, you know, sort of philosophy more, more generally? Is that something that's useful to you? Well, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a sort of direct um, relation. I mean, I've studied a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of ethics during my uh, undergraduate. Um, and although my sort of master's program was not specifically in, in ethics, um, it was in a different part of philosophy. Um, you know, whenever you're in that sort of atmosphere, you end up discussing a lot of ethical questions and Ethics tends to be a sort of part of philosophy that again interfaces with uh, with the real world, and you know it's. Uh, I feel in a lot of ways it is connected to how we actually live our lives. Um, even though some of the philosophical discussions can be pretty abstract, but as soon as you start discussing it concretely, um, um, it it naturally leads to questions about things that are happening around us. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's, it's an integral part of, uh, you know, uh, my own sort of passion for interest in and um, um, uh, desire to sort of further investigate business ethics. So our listeners may be less familiar with what the PhD application process might look like. Um, you're back, you're sort of here now, getting ready to apply to PhD programs. What, what does that entail? Uh, I imagine probably a fair amount of work to be done on your end. Well, uh, it, you know, I think a lot of the sort of, uh, with any application process, um, a lot of um, the sort of heavy lifting is in terms of sort of looking inward and, and trying to figure out what it is that you really want. And I think the PhD process is, is no different. Um, so you have a lot of, a lot of um, the sort of regular stuff that you have for your MBA applications as well, you know, so your sort of uh, personal essay and your recommendations and, um, uh, you know, it's pretty standard sort of application um, stuff in addition you have, uh, um, you need to talk a little bit about what area of research you want to get into, right? So you would typically have a sort of research essay that, that you need to write, which indicates that, okay, these are the sort of research questions that you're interested in. Um, this is, you know, broadly how you think you might go about thinking about those questions. Um, and then after that, if you're sort of shortlisted um, you know, post the sort of first uh, review of uh, the applications that schools get. You, um, different schools have different processes, but you may have, um, you know, some rounds of interviews after that. Um, I would say probably the single most important thing um, when you're applying to PhD programs is getting strong recommendations. Um, and so if you have sort of uh, faculty that you've worked with who are you know, um, who have some sort of recognition within the field. Um, that's something that goes a long way. And it sounds like based upon the summer you had between your first year and your second year, you probably have a, have a few faculty uh, to reach out to. 
I'm, again, I, I feel fortunate that that I do, um, and uh, and and you know, Darden faculty have been so supportive through this uh, through this entire process. And even as I've sort of figured my path out, um, I sort of I, I don't think I would necessarily have had the courage to go forward if if I didn't uh, have that kind of support from Darden faculty. Um, and uh, yeah. So, so, so again, um, I feel blessed. Well, Pranav, uh, last question for you here. It's the same last question we ask of almost every guest that comes on the podcast. Uh, just wondering if you have any pieces of advice, any, anything you'd like to share for our prospective student listeners? Um, well, you know, I'd already mentioned one before, which was uh, know yourself, but yet be open to uh, opportunities. Um, another one I would say is be ambitious and, and be humble at the same time. Um, so, so aim high, but look for help. Um, and, uh, and know that a lot of what, how things pan out are an outcome of luck as well. Um, so, and finally, you know, have a lot of fun. <laughs> um, remember that, uh, you know, you work to live and not that you live to work. So uh, I, th I think that's something that we tend to forget um, in, in today's sort of workaholic, um, you know, ethos that surrounds us. Um, work to live, don't live to work. Good advice, um, particularly as you know, people are thinking about navigating the application process while juggling a lot of other things. You know, starting an MBA program that first year, particularly as you learn how to be a business school student, you're juggling academia. You know, your academics, your schoolwork, you're juggling your career search process, you're juggling social elements. You got a lot on your plate. Of course, in as you continue through that second year and out into the world, you're going to have even more on your plate, and so. Uh, making sure that you're having fun, that you're enjoying uh, the process, the experience. It's, it's always good advice. Well, Pranav, thank you so much for your time today. Good luck in the PhD application process. And uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, talking to us a little bit more about the Business Ethics Club. Thanks, Brett. And that was my interview with Pranav Dalmia, a recent graduate from the full-time MBA class of 2021 here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.